welcome to League One Fun. Ira Jersey, your host for the day. Today, we're here with another interview special, getting ready for the finals this Friday, October the 30th. With me on the phone, all the way from Omaha, Nebraska, it's Union Omaha attacker Ethan Vanacore Decker. Ethan, thanks very much for coming on League One Fun. Yep, thanks for having me. So let's just start, uh, you know, briefly with your soccer journey. So you're, you're originally from uh, from the East Coast. So talk to me about where you played your your club ball and and how you moved up to uh, uh, to ultimately play uh, play professionally. Uh, I'm from yeah South Jersey, so I know you're from Central Jersey. So probably about 45 minutes away from you. Um, yeah, I played for Red Bull growing up. I played there. For four years, and then well, prior to the Red Bull, I played for NJSA. My coach was Tab Ramos, who's actually the coach of the Dynamo now. So I was there for a couple years, and I went to Red Bull, and a lot of fun there. We won the national championship my last year. I think about 10 of, 10 of the 11 starters on that team are pros now, so we had a pretty, it's a pretty good team to play on, and it was a lot of fun. Then I went to college, bounced around a couple colleges. It wasn't really a most pleasant uh, experience, but here I am now. Played for... 42 last year, and now I'm in Omaha playing. So, so t- talk to me about how you wound up going from SKC to um, to um, to Omaha. Was that uh, was it something that you approached them, or was it something that you know Coach Mims uh, you know uh, approached you and said, "Hey, are you interested in coming?" Like, what what was that process for you to to actually get up to uh, to Omaha? Uh, I think Mims tried to recruit me out of high school to go to. I think it was at Creighton. Right, Creighton, College, Creighton University, that's right. Yeah, I think he liked me when I was going to high school, and then obviously that didn't work out. But then Dan Donegan, who was my Rutgers coach, was friends with Mims and said that he's starting up a team. And I think Mims came to a lot of sporting games, he said, or swope games, he said. And uh, ultimately, I, uh, Kansas City's not very far from Omaha, so I actually drove up here after my swope season last year and had a talk with them and he was saying, and he seemed like a nice guy. So then I came here. That's great. And Dan yeah. Donegan is now back in the Midwest himself. So he's yeah. now left New Jersey also. So uh, someone someone else that we happen to know. Yeah. Um, the so, so let's talk a little bit about the chemistry that, that you, you know, you're creating a new team, right? And whenever you're creating a new team, there's always going to be challenges. There's going to be, you know, who's going to be the starter. And you're always fighting for that spot. What was it like those first couple of days when you came to camp um, and, you know, you started to see who was there and, you know, you had some guys who played in in League One last year. Obviously, you know, you had some championship experience, but but what was it like, you know, mixing and meshing all of those guys together at the very beginning? Uh, it was it was probably difficult. I think uh, Coach Shea did a good job recruiting the players that he wanted. So on the field, it was easy, but I guess going to a new team where not many people knew anyone. It was kind of, I don't know, I feel like I was going to like a camp when we were younger, when you don't know anyone, you know, like one person, you're all going there, kind of nervous. But after a couple of days and everyone got along really well, and here we are, here we are now, so I'm on the fire. So it's pretty cool. So, you know, what was one of the things that when you first saw some guy play, you said, wow, that that guy's really impressive. Like, you know, there's something about one of your teammates that, you know, you you found either unique or or you said that's the guy who's going to you know who I'm going to be feeding the ball to. Um, You know, what's you know, was there anyone in particular that caught your attention early on? Uh, Early on? I'm going to be honest. I said there was a lot of people who had a lot of different strengths throughout the entire 
throughout the entire train uh, preseason before all the COVID happened. Because I mean, we played four or five games. We didn't we didn't lose at all, and everybody was contributing because we play. Some people played forty five minutes one half, and the other team would play forty five minutes the second half, and tie or win because we didn't lose a game for I think what was the thing we didn't lose a game for twenty two games when before we lost to Chattanooga, counting all the preseason games up to that game. So it was pretty impressive. I think everybody played a lot of minutes in all those games leading up. So I think everybody had a different skill set and it all gelled, uh, gelled together pretty well. So one of the things that we've noticed um, on League One Fun watching the last couple of weeks at least is that, you know, one of the shortest players on the field in Elma N4 ends up getting his head on the ball quite a lot, um, whether he's scoring goals or getting good chances. How and, and, you know, particularly on set pieces, how frequently, you know, do you guys work on those set pieces that have, you know, resulted in a lot of high quality chances? Um, is it is it something you guys just do the day before the game or is it is it something that you regularly do in practice? Uh, yeah, Alma's for being such a small guy, he's pretty pretty athletic and he's really really strong. So I think that uh, he gets his body in a good position, which helps him win the ball a lot. But uh, throughout the week, we do do a lot of set pieces. We scored a we scored a couple goals, but I think we all think that we can score much more off set pieces. But as you know, it's it's kind of hard sometimes because it's kind of a fifty fifty chance if the ball's in the right spot. You never know. But uh, we do do it a lot, and so hopefully uh, this Friday maybe we can get one that way. Yeah. So talk talk to us a little bit about home field versus being away. So, you know, you guys have um, play, uh, you know, play in a, a converted baseball pitch. Uh, it's you know, it's not a, it, it's not one of the worst baseball pitches in the USL for sure. Um, but, you know, it is a little bit narrower and a little bit shorter than than a lot of the other fields you play on. What is the transition like playing on on your home field where, there, you know, you significantly had a a lot of matches this year versus going to some place like a, a Greenville, where you also had some success, obviously last week. But um, uh, but but you know, much bigger pitch and and you know maybe not natural grass and uh, you know what's that transition like? Uh, well, first of all, the field here for being a baseball field is pre- it's pretty unbelievable. I think that uh, not changing to converting it back to baseball and back to soccer each week helped a lot. But for a baseball field, it was it's pretty unbelievable. But uh, playing wise. I think for me personally, playing on the big field helps all my strengths a whole lot more because dribbling past people, running past people is stuff that I'm probably my strongest suit. So for me personally, I'd rather play in the big field. But here it's it's different because you go play in a baseball field, it's you can take three touches and you're almost at the other goal, to be honest. I know we scored one goal versus Tucson. I got the ball almost at R18, took three touches, and the other kids went down and scored. It was like it was unbelievable how quick it is. But uh for an entire team, I think we do better on a big field because we have uh, pretty athletic guys, which cater to running behind and all that stuff. But the amount of pressure that we put teams on when they came to Warner Park this year, it's tough because at Warner Park, it's five yards. To, you close someone down at a, at a normal size field, it's 12 yards. So it's a, lot, it's a lot tougher when you go play at Warner Park because there's not nearly as much time or space than at a regular big field. Uh, so, you know, that it's interesting that, that you note that because obviously you guys are one of the teams that really does like to apply that pressure. 
But you also, you know, can, can play differently, too, because when you look at how you guys played against Greenville, Greenville, you know, had a fair bit of the ball during during that game. Um, and, you know, you guys really beat them in transition. So, um, you know, how when you think about how you guys won last week and now going back to Greenville to play them once again, you know, do you think your game and the way that you play is going to change any because you have more information or are you guys just going to go out and play the exact same way that that, that obviously was successful um, with uh, against Greenville a couple of weeks ago? Uh, I think we might have to change a little because, as you saw, the three, our goals and their goals were abs- were like worldies. Now, it was the it was the the banger the banger derby right there. That's that, <laughs> so. I mean, that it can happen again, but that's gonna those are those are hard to come by sometimes. So, I think if we personally, if I think we played the same way we did, we can uh, we can catch them in uh, transition. I think definitely because they they bring a lot of guys forward. But if we give them the ball, like they like we kind of did in the. Uh, First time we met him, I mean, we're comfortable doing that as well. But we'll see what happens. I never know. It all can all can change real quick during during the game. <laughs> all right. So let's talk a little bit about the locker room. So so firstly, is there someone who's you know the real prankster? I mean, I, I mean, my experience in locker rooms, there's always that one like prankster guy who just likes making the joke. You know, does um, you know? I don't want to say teases people, but more you know, someone who who's really quippy and and stuff. So who who is that? And yeah, uh, you know, is there? Uh, you know, is there some bad blood between a couple of the guys that have been pranked? Uh, let's see. Let's see. You got some jokes in there. Uh, I think Nathan Alney's pretty funny. Yeah, he, uh, he's a good guy. Elmo's funny. He just comes in. He's just he's a ball of energy. So he always has something to say. I feel like. But uh, let's see who else. I mean, I talk a little bit in there, I guess, here and there. But uh, <laughs> it's uh it's good. It's a good group of good group of guys to hang out with. And uh, the locker room's always a good time when we get in there in the morning. Yeah. So when when you're on the road and, um, you know, obviously it's been unique uh, travel this year compared to previous years. Um, but when you're on the road, you know, who who do you tend to uh, to to, um, to bunk with? Like who's your who's your roommate? And, um, you know, or, or does that change uh, game to game? Well, actually, this year, since I uh, I live by myself here. So when I so if you live by yourself this year, you get your own hotel room by yourself. So I don't have a roommate on the road, to be honest. Wow. So yeah. uh, that's, that's living the life of luxury right there for League that's, One, especially. Yeah. <laughs> the guys who have roommates here, they got they bunk with their roommate on the road. Oh, the so co- who have singles are living in the bachelor fat. Yeah. And that's all uh, that, that's all COVID protocols, presumably, yeah, too. Exactly. So, yeah. So um, th- so when, when you go out there this week, uh, you know, presumably you'll be on the on the right again uh, attacking. Um, you know, is there anything special fitness wise that you do? You know, leading up, do you have any any kind of traditions that that you do the couple of days leading up to a match, especially a big one like the finals on uh, on Friday? Uh, during the week, no, not really. I mean, to be honest, it's just it's really just another soccer game. I've been playing soccer for let's see now, almost twenty years or something like that. So I have to have I have the same shin guard since I was in middle school. So if I don't if I lose those before the game, I don't know how well it's going to go. So I got to bring those, and then the fitness on the play another play another wide right instead of up top is a little bit different because there's much more uh tracking back but so that's that's something different that i got used to but uh going forward it's a lot better so i mean 1v1 situations so hopefully i can get the ball isolated with one of the greenville players and hopefully show people what i can do out there so it should be really exciting and i'm looking forward to it 
That, that's great. And um, so, so lastly, you, you know, they had a, a little tribute to your whole family and kind of the dynasty of soccer players that you had on on the uh, ESPN Plus broadcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, how important was it for you personally to kind of pursue a career playing soccer? Uh, because of, it, was it because of your family legacy, or is it just something like genetic that says, you know, hey, I want to play soccer as a, as a living? Uh. Oh, I just—I mean, I like playing soccer. So as long as I play soccer for as long as I can, rather than going out to work the nine to five is something I'm gonna try to do as long as I can. But no, I just—I was always good at it, and that's what I wanted to do. So my dad played, so he taught me how to play, and ever since that, I just kept going and going. So hopefully, hopefully, I can keep it going, and then the next person can keep it going because it's pretty cool. So what was your what what was the best advice that you got from from your you know, relatives who were soccer players, whether your dad or, you know, I don't know if your grandfather gave you any advice or whatever, but was there one piece of advice that, um, that they gave you that really, uh, you know, hit home and, and has been very helpful? Uh, I never really knew my, uh, my, uh, grandparents and stuff like that, but my dad was always a hard worker and he still is. So he taught me as long as you can have a bad game, but as long as you worked hard, there's, you can't, you can control that. Sometimes you can't control what happens out there. Sometimes, You'll con- you know what I mean? So as long as you're worked hard, then that's all you can really do. Control the controllables and don't worry yeah. about the uncontrollables. Yeah. That uh, we, we hear that regularly. And, uh, yeah. you know, so finally, you know, your I don't want to say predictions, but, you know, when uh, when the season ends, uh, you know, it'll end one way or the other for you guys on, on Friday night. Um, you know, any any plans if you lift the trophy and then any plans if you don't? I mean, is there... Uh, you, you know, di- different, uh, you, you know, d- different, um, I guess, post game things that you guys are, are thinking about. Well, we, I don't, we haven't, not that I know of, we haven't thought about that, but I mean, it's going to go either way. We win, everyone's going to be happy. My drive home to New Jersey is going to be a lot happier. And if we lose, it's going to suck. But, you know, it's our first year and it's always next year. So let's hope that we can win. I think we have a very, very good chance considering the way we play and how they play. So it should be a good game. And, Let's hope there's some bangers like there were last last time we played, so the people watching can have some fun. That's great. That was Ethan Vanacore Decker. He's an attacker for Union Omaha. Ethan, thanks very much for coming on League One Fun. Yep, thanks for having me. It was great. <laughs>